everybody, welcome back to Dan Likes Games. My name's Dan, and as always, I like games. And joining me uh, for a second time on the show is third. Ethan. Welcome back. A third time on the show. Third show. Jeez, Dan, get it right. Oh, okay. It's I don't, me, oh, the opinion guy with no credentials. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, don't, I don't count uh, my own episodes. So, But yes, we've got uh, I've got Ethan back I think today. It's three, because we've done the Kickstarter one, and then we did the... Uh, oh, what I'm thinking of is the West Kingdoms episode we did, which I believe was a Cupcakes episode. My apologies. Or was that a... Um, a no, actually, we did do the West Kingdom, which was a Muffins one, but you have been on for three. I have. Because we did the Luck one as well. Ah, Luck, that's the one, yeah, because I remember we did... Yep. Um, yeah, no, I've forgotten what the other one was now. We did Luck... Uh, we did, yep, we yeah. did Kickstarter, we did Luck, right, and yeah. then we we did do Vice Council of the West Kingdom on the other podcast, which you can find on this podcast. So, third or fourth, up to you, up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I've brought him back on this time to, yeah, as he said, give more opinions without credentials. Mm, my favorite kind. <laughs> um. Yeah, and and normally I'd, I'd talk about a few uh, games or news that I've found, but I've only actually got one this time before we jump into the topic. And that is a game that I'm very interested in, and it's coming out in 2023, so it's still ages away. And that's Black Myth Wukong. Interesting. Now, I know nothing about this game, so I'm just going to give you some like questions from someone who wouldn't <laughs> know this. Um, what's is it like a Euro style game, or like what's the deal? It's it's so it's actually it's a video game. It's okay. a Souls like video game. I oh, I think I've heard just of this in the one. Discord. Mm. Um, if you click on it, it, it just it looks amazing. I've I've as I play video games a bit more, I've got more and more into Souls like games. Souls like games are amazing. Played. I haven't actually played any of the actual Dark Souls mm. video games. But, but just Souls-like. Um, yeah, there's a game called Vampire, which it was free on gold, so I was like, well, there's no risk in getting it. I played it. I loved it. Mm. Um, I've talked previously about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That's a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I'm replaying through that at the moment, actually. And Did so you get really any bugs with that game? Because like, everyone I spoke to who played it had like by you had like a horribly buggy me- it wasn't bad it was fun because of the bugs like there were good bugs but like there were bugs uh, on the list i have no occasional bugs but nothing that's like not fixable by quitting the game and starting it up again right yeah, yeah. so nothing like game breaking like, um, uh, no <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really enjoying Souls-like games, and, and Black Myth Wukong is one that I'm definitely looking forward to. There's some great uh, gameplay trailers. They did a trailer using uh, testing the Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, um, that's impressive, isn't it? it yeah, it, it looks really good. I've always liked... Um, have you seen the movie The Forbidden Kingdom with Jet Li and Jackie Chan? No. Ethan? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's a it's an old like kung fu movie, fantasy kung fu. It's a like it's not a terribly well written movie or anything, but it's just it's just silly kung fu kung fun. Fu me- and we watched it, you know, when we were younger, and and ever since then the character of Wu Kong, the mm-hmm. Monkey King, has yeah. always interested me. Because isn't it and like so, Sun Wu Kong? Yeah, Sun Wu Kong. So I mean, he comes up and various things one thing i learned just today is goku goku was based off wukong yeah yeah um 
you've got him in League of Legends. You know, he showed up in, in Ruby. He was a character in Ruby. Um, so he shows up in lots of different things, and I just like the character. And so this game is looks the gameplay looks great. The graphics and everything look amazing. Is it going um, to be a single player experience, or for maybe the Wukong games? Because it's like what do you say, Black Star or something? Black Myth Wukong. I might be getting my games mixed up, but there used to be a game called Black Star Online or something like that. that was an MMO. I don't, I don't think that's related. This has been brought out by Game Science, and it seems like it's a like it's not part of a series. It's just mm. by itself. Because I so heard. It, mm-hmm. Yep. Go. Oh, I was just saying, um, this isn't the game I was thinking of because From Software, who make uh, Bloodborne and the original mm-hmm. Dark Souls and Demon Souls, um, they're releasing a new game coming out. Oh, and Sekiro. Um, they're releasing a new game that's sort of been pre- like pre- sorry, what I've been seeing talked about is that like it's a mix between Breath of the Wild and a Souls like, which is gonna be interesting to see. Oh, how that works. I hold on, I did hear about that. Um I saw something about on Instagram about that. It was I, I remember seeing a, like a very short, you know, Instagram video mm. and it said this is from software's version of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, something um, like that. I can't Elden Ring is that? Is that yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Elden Ring. Yeah, that also that also does look um, quite interesting. Have you played any of From Software's games? I'm gonna say yes, and then I'm gonna click on From Software and see what's in there. Well, they room. pretty much only make Dark Souls, so unless you've played a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne game, no. No, I'm not seeing anything in mm. there. In mm. there. Um, inventory that i've played i'm a big fan of those games um the story's all right like dark souls it's convoluted and i I personally i'm not a huge fan of video games that tell their story through like uh like audio logs or things like that right yep now don't get me wrong they're good time and a place you know it's just not for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i like the fact that most of those games means that you can just play and enjoy the game as a game and then if you also want the story you can have it instead of sort of have it forced on you but I also find right, that it yep. becomes like an inferior way of experiencing it rather than if they just had forced it on you in the first place. Mm-hmm. The only game I no. can think of like not being like that is Bioshock. I like right, Bioshock's yeah. audio logs. Bioshock was good. I've only... I started playing Bioshock 1 mm-hmm. and I got too scared, so I stopped. But <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I the played... Ratify is pretty spooky. I remember when I first had that, it was like a kid that scared the hell out of me. I've played all the way through Bioshock Infinite and that was a that was a brilliant game. I like Infinite. Um, yeah, it was good. And like it has such a gripping story. Mm. Um, yeah, my crew... anyway, we'll move on we'll move on to the topic soon, but but now that mm. now just because I'm looking at it up, I didn't realise Dark Souls wasn't as old as I thought it was. No, 2007 is, I believe, the first uh, what? Demon Souls. Demon Souls was 2009. Really? Wow, I thought it was like older than that. You're right. Huh. I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was much older. I thought maybe... I like, know it was I PlayStation mean, still... 3 native, so that makes that checks out. But... Yeah. Um, I, I was just surprised. I, I didn't know. Um, yeah. I thought it was a... Because, you know, it's one of those games that everyone brings up you know it's like the souls games are, are classics you know yeah. at this point yeah and you would so think there'd be playstation was... 2 games the way people talk about yeah them. Uh, or gamecube games for that matter um when did when did the first dark souls come out was it 2011 or 2012 2011 yeah. yeah i think that checks out because that's vaguely like in the timeline of i mean when you sort of started seeing like pewdiepie videos and 
you know, all that sort of mm-hmm. like yelling about Dark Souls, you know, the, the keyboard, the disc <laughs> smacking, the bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Um, you died memes. Anyway, yeah. speaking of Dark Souls, Dark Souls has DLC, and that's kind of what we're getting into today. <laughs> hard merge, a hard merge there. Yeah, so I'm going um, to come out the gates of a hot take on, on expansions, which I believe in general I think is bad and done poorly and it's used as an excuse for being Okay. Wow. Oh, well, do you want to... Do you want to... Yeah, so the, the, for those that haven't got it, the topic that we are talking about today is expansions. And, and we can extend that to include DLC, DLC as well, but DLC is generally... We'll later. Yeah, it, 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 you, you can't really compare them. I guess you could compare them to certain types of expansions but anyway why don't you dive into why you think in general expansions are bad well i think you've got two types of dlc you've got pre-kickstarter dlc which in general i would say is all right and then or expansions, oh, sorry, expansions <laughs> yeah you've got post and, and these aren't literally kickstarter and non-kickstarter i'm talking about like a, mm-hmm. a style and this is the best word i can think of pre and post kickstarter style uh things now i don't have a problem with post um pre-kickstarter DLC where it actually like added interesting things to the game where these days it also it just feels like expansions are an excuse to sort of uh, they either need one as a stretch goal and so they don't include something in the base game that should mm-hmm. be there now I don't mind if two years after developing a game an expansion comes out because the, the designer goes oh there's this fun mechanic that I think improves it yep. but most of these mechanics are like gate uh, uh, paywall mechanics that are available at time of release. I've got a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, I don't have a problem I... with like uh, like like metal coins or like fancy tokens. Although it does annoy me that I've got to like scrounge around the internet trying to find one of these things that was because they only released like ten of them. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I don't really have a problem with it. I would much prefer if everything just if they just released a second edition or like a higher edition instead of this. But then again, mm-hmm. I suppose it's also nice being able to purchase these individual things. Uh, for what, just like what a lot of, of coins, what a lot of games do nowadays is is they might bring out a deluxe edition of a game, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, I guess, what you're talking about—a second yep. edition with better components—and then they also have the ability to purchase a deluxe upgrade pack. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you don't need to buy you don't need to buy a whole new game. You can get everything that the deluxe people are getting without having to purchase. You know, mm-hmm. like if you've got a board game, you don't need a new board. You don't need new pieces you know you just might want the bigger cards the metal coins you know um so i i also i i agree i I like that as well um i i think if we'll just like kind of backstep a bit you know there are many different types of expansions you know if if what you're talking about like metal coins and stuff you know you'd kind of just those would just be like accessory expansions you know they don't add anything to gameplay they just make it nicer make the game look nicer You've got make your interaction with what already exists improved. Yeah, yeah. You've got what I call just like more of the same, <laughs> right? Like deck building games are a good good example of this, right, where yeah. they just they just add more cards. It doesn't change anything to the gameplay. It's just going, hey, you know. Here's generally, it's like you said, the game's been out for two years. We've thought up a whole another 150 cards. You can shuffle these right in, you know, mm. stuff like that. Um, you've got big game changer ones where it's brand new um it's like playing mechanisms and yeah yeah it's it's like often it'll be a whole nother sideboard or something that 
that um, comes in and, and adds to this that brings a whole new thing you can do to the game. Um, and then you've got obviously just mixes and matches of, of those things, you know, some that are mostly just more of the same but add a little bit different mm. or yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, something something interesting that you brought up and it always reminds me of is um, and we were talking before we started recording about uh, Settlers of Catan. Um, have you played with the Cities and Knights expansion? This one I haven't played with, no. I, uh, so there, out of the two main expansions for Catan, I, w- I would call them the main expansions, there's mm. the, uh, what's it called, Explorers or C- Seafarers? Mm. I like Seafarers. C- seafarers is good, I, I do like Seafarers. And then there's the Cities and Knights expansion. Mm. Now, when I played for the first, first time Catan with the Cities and Knights expansion, I was like, man, this is amazing. This is a great game. Like, to me, it added enough to make it. Well, how? Hmm. Let me let me think of the words before I say them. <laughs> it it didn't add too much that it felt like a different game, but it added just enough that it was quite. I thought it was really good. It was really unique. Yeah. And um, the person I was playing with, and I've I've looked into it since then. He was like, well, originally cities and knights was part of Catan. it was just built into Catan, and and he you know klaus choiber took it to the publisher i don't know who it was at the time some german publisher and they said this is too complicated you need to change something and so he took cities and knights out of the game yeah and it it later became the cities and knights expansion Hmm. Um, i do do think you've got you've, you've got to take um context into uh, like like you know i don't disagree with anything you just said because obviously you're not actually giving an opinion you're just actually recounting <laughs> what how something happened yeah um but there is a big difference between uh traditional board game development with publishers and whatnot mm-hmm. versus you know the way most people do it now by kickstarter and sort of some third party content like people who like they self-publish and then have it manufactured by one of these people who manufacture games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what they do. They don't care. Or they don't care about selling to a certain amount of qualities. They've like these specific like Kickstarter manufacturers, as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, so, yeah. I mean, you get. Sorry, you go. Oh yes, I was just, I was just saying. So I get there's going to be some give and take with expansions there, because of, from a business perspective, you're probably not going to want to. You know, publishers make stupid decisions all the time. I mean, they cancelled the Fox, uh, the Family Guy, and. And uh, Futurama, how many mm. times Fox mm. did? <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, 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 too many to count, really. Exactly. Um, in my opinion, stupid decisions. Um, versus like Kickstarter, most of, yeah. My my own, my main problem with the crux of like new generation games uh, or Kickstarter, like Kickstarter generation games, is the fact is that they're essentially paywalling aspects of the game that just should have been in the base mm. game. Yeah, yeah. Because cause, 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 uh, if you are releasing an expansion on day one with the mm-hmm. base game and all your playtesters are like, wow, the game is so much better with the expansion, then the expansion should just be in the game. Yeah. That's yeah. my hot <laughs> On that topic, on, on expansions that should be in the game, a good example is um shipwrights of the north sea i'm not sure you've played this one i know you've played raiders um but shipwrights of the north sea 
Uh, it's the first game in the North Sea trilogy. Shim Phillips, you know, made the game. He was, he was, he was still, he was still. No, you've played the phone version of Raiders. Ah, I see. Um, yeah, but he, he, I, I would say when Shipwrights came out, Shim Phillips was still pretty new in the game making like industry, mm -hmm. right? And he made the game. He made the game, brought it out, right? People played it, and and it got good reviews, but people were kind of just saying something's not quite right, you know? He then re-looked into the game, and he brought out a small expansion called, um, I think it's just the Townsfolk expansion. Now, credit to Shem that what he did when he realized the game essentially needed it is he made the expansion. You could purchase it, a physical copy, but he also made it available for print print and play for free yeah yeah and and it had it had pretty simple components that exactly. it wasn't you know it, it was essentially a brand new board that you could place workers onto and a few shield tokens right it was easy to print you know and it didn't ruin the game gotcha. it wasn't it wasn't like new cards you had to shuffle in mm -hmm. um yeah yeah so that's an example of an expansion that should have been part of the base game but just due to lack of design knowledge i would say mm. it wasn't and shim made up for that by making it freely available mm. you know he said i've learned from uh, he's like i've made this game and i've learned since then here's what i made to make the game enjoyable because you know i can't just give a copy to everybody because that you know that would cost them too much obviously here you can print it for, for free um and I think that is fair. If a if a game needs an expansion, mm. but like, yeah, but like what you're saying with the Kickstarter. Like that was included in the base game. Or? I, I'm I'm uh, I was just looking Escape up the Teen memory. Titans Go Kickstarters. Mm. Um, th there was a Teen Titans Go um, game that came out, right? Mm. And for those that don't know what Teen Titans, I I do enjoy Teen Titans Go. It's good, silly fun. People like um, uh, but people get upset because it wasn't like Teen Titans. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that there's there's five main characters as the, of the Team Titans, right? Yeah. There's um, Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire, Robin, and Cyborg. Mm -hmm. Now, Team Titans Go Mayhem, which is the name of the game, had Cyborg, Raven, Robin, and Starfire. Mm. It was noticeably missing out Beast Boy, mm. and during the Kickstarter. They had an ex, you know, add-on expansion that you could put in to add Beast Boy and some other stuff to the game. Mm. And it's like, hold on, Beast, you know, that stuff should just be in. And that's an example of like what you were saying. It's coming out at the same time as the game. It's not like the designers later went, oh, this should have been in the base game. Mm. It's oh, this uh, is interesting to add. This makes the game. Yeah, better. it's a. Uh, We've made this already, but we're not going to give it to you for free. Yeah, or and, and I don't mind paying higher dollar amounts for a more expensive base game that's just better. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I simply don't like, I, I, like for me, price isn't actually a huge deal when it comes to board games, right? I don't look at like Blood Rage and I go, a hundred and forty. I'll buy that for a hundred and thirty, but ten dollars too much. <laughs> You know? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because most games are normally within that range of, say, being like either $20 too cheap or $20 too expensive, to the point where it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Um, like, there's very few games that are selling for like two grand that shouldn't be. Um, mm -hmm. That sort of stuff. I've forgotten my point with that, sorry. Um, what I was going to bring up, though, 
was games that use slight gameplay changes or what should have been an expansion to release a new game. Now, I'm going to do whether uh, yep. <laughs> As I understand, mm -hmm. is the only thing that they do there is they had tunnels on the map and then the little like train station repeaters were going through, uh, yep. really letting two people through the same channel, right? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, they released a new board and new cards, but I really don't think that sh it does not change anything fundamentally. Like, as far as I'm concerned, the board could have been a damn, uh, it could have been an expansion board, right? You could just have all your pick and try tokens, and then you just place out the board you want to play, and the board should cost you, like, no more than 20 bucks. But instead, they go and mm -hmm. release the entire game with two changes for $90. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and... and like i think they learned from that later in when they made now uh, going on to ticket ride i played um your mum in fact just bought one recently called uh ticket to ride rails and sales uh and that one is it's, it's got the whole world as the map and you've got boats and trains i played that and i actually thought wow this is actually really good um like i i really enjoyed it and i thought this is one that I think, because it's got, again, your argument could be fair that they didn't need to put the train pieces in, but it would have been a big enough box anyway, because the map is just massive, right, yeah. that like they may as well make it its whole new game. It was one where I thought, yep, I can see why you'd want to buy this by itself, you know, even if you already own the first copy. Mm. But other, th other than that one, what I was going to say, and, and um, I got distracted thinking about that, was I think they learned from that in that the other... You know, you've got Ticket to Ride map packs, mm. right? All it adds is new cards and a map. Mm. And it's like, they're, they're not saying, hey, here's some massive, you know, here, here's a new big rule set. They're essentially going, here's a new map and here's the card, you know, the ticket cards you need for that map. Use either a previous set, you know, and, and that's like what I agree. I agree. I think Europe should just be that. Europe should be a map cards and those little uh um, hotel or station that's market stations yeah yeah europe should have just been a map pack there's no yeah. reason why it's it's a whole nother game my understanding of it is actually gets into like traditional publisher nonsense where yeah there's probably some reasoning to there um because i mean from it don't get me wrong from a business perspective you can sell the same joke twice of course I mean, <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh, no. but <laughs> Um, as a consumer, I think it's bad, it's bad consumer experience or bang, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think um, a, a lot of stuff in the board game industry, I'm really sensitive to what I would consider bad consumer experience. Um, like, I'm not sure about you, Dan, but like, if, for example, two cafes, one equal quality food, um, but one's got way better service, I'm willing to pay quite a lot more money to go to the one with better service. I... In a similar in a similar essence of of um, not really with cafes, I, I, I rarely go to that a cafe. But yeah, but but say um, like friendly local game stores, mm. right? Um, I am willing to pay. I wouldn't say a lot more. Like I'm not going to pay an extra fifty dollars for a game just right, to get yeah. it from a friendly local game store. But maybe an extra ten, fifteen dollars yeah, yeah. if it if it means I'm going in there and uh, the people and are nice yeah. and chatting to me, you know. And I buy the game. I'm happy to pay that extra ten, fifteen dollars. Yeah. You know, similar thing. I like that experience. I like having that um, uh, 
user interface is the only thing that's coming to my mind. But I also, yeah, that... the way I treated my head was like, this is the VIP to not have the yeah. chuck my box around. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I like, I like, I'm willing to pay a bit extra for that, for that good user experience. Game Kings is similar. Mm. Um, I mean, yes, I do have a deal going with them now, but that was because I really like, you know, I really yeah. like their store, you're, you're like the people. Like the people. Yeah. Minutes, which is just, you know, when you can not do that, because it's also completely yeah. <laughs> in the other direction, like, why would you? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but using Game Kings as an example, I used to buy most of my games from Mighty App, right? Mm. Because, like you said, we're in the middle of nowhere, Mighty App had pretty good prices. Um, and you know, I'd buy it and get it a day later, mm-hmm. right? And I've moved to doing it from Game Kings now because I've had great interactions online with the people from Game Kings, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, generally I'm paying about the same price, sometimes a, you know five dollars less, sometimes five dollars more. Um, but you know, I'm starting to kind of know the people interacting with them on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, rather than Mighty Ape. It's just like, here's your product. Yeah, well, it's also the you same know? way of the right reason I try to buy from like butchers and green grocers instead of um, just countdown or countdown something. Countdown or your supermarket chains is just because it's, mm-hmm. or even just Foursquare, you know, I prefer shopping there um, because it's less corporate. Like the guy who owns a Foursquare down the road, he's like, I, I, whenever I go in there, he's often there stocking shelves, and so I was like the owner, and so I'll have a chat with him. And I, was, mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. that experience. Um, and certain extent, game things is sort of like the small version of, like it's like an Amazon thing. We're lucky we don't have yeah. Amazon in New Zealand for that reason. Whereas like if you look at Mighty Eight, that's now been bought out by some big Australian corporation, <laughs> which is believed in signed by someone in China. So, you know, you know mm-hmm. how the multinational corporation things go. Yeah, it loses humanity, you know. And I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It. I. I. I always like. I mean, to to an extent, I know there's some people that will always go, you know, support local businesses, and and I agree to it to an extent. Um, you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, well, I can get this, you know, fifty dollars cheaper by ordering it online i'm gonna do that but similar to what i was saying like if i can get it for you know if, if i'm only paying ten dollars yeah. more but i you know i'm going into the store well, and, you, you know you buying it then i like that interaction um, and, my other problem you know i'm willing to do that so to an extent i also agree um, if i'm able to i'll support a, like, a local um, business rather than um uh rather than online but this is this is going way off topic from um, expansions um <laughs> Right, I think for example, the Xbox 360, right? That was so mm-hmm. cheap because they sold each console at a loss and then they would recoup the profits through like Xbox Live and um, and Gags because Gags are like never went on sales and shit back in the day. Um, and was, uh, sorry, my brain's not working. I was trying to make a comparison there between uh board games and things, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and see, I, I feel like sometimes kickstarter games specifically are doing the same thing where they're selling like the base game at cost almost 
and then they got all, then they released all these <laughs> expansions, which are like two hundred percent markups, and that's how they try to get your money. It's like like it's like when a bag of like twenty five coins costs like twenty five dollars. It's like no, it doesn't. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's interesting. I remember I can't remember the exact stats or anything, but I remember someone did a poll online for how much people generally, you know, look at a board game expansion price and go, "Yep, I'm happy to pay that." And from memory just off the top of my head and what i think is kind of like depending obviously on the expansion and how big it is but if you're paying more than half the base game price then it's got to be a pretty like it, that expansion has to have a lot in it for me to be willing to do that mm. right if 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 the game is 80 dollars and i'm paying 70 dollars for or 60 dollars for an expansion you know i'm gonna be examining like looking online like what does this expansion add and i've seen some expansions that do add like almost as much content as the base game um dixit is an example of that dixit is a game with you know ca cards with lots of pictures on it and the base game i think has like 160 cards and a board and all the pieces obviously and each each expansion adds a new 160 cards so just as each expansion adds just as many cards as the base game had but without the board and so with that i'm like okay sure they've cut 25 dollars off the price for the board and stuff that's fair for that expansion um yeah but yeah it also gets into like interesting territory with games that are pretty much only expansions um and what i mean by that uh kind of like light dragon card games pokemon mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and dragons to an extent if you're only playing um official material yeah um what else would be uh warhammer 40k which is oh man it's uh, that looks deceptive i would spend so much money on that <laughs> because I mean, um, that's what it is i mean the game buying more units and painting them pretty much and then you know as you play um, yeah i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna at some point if you didn't bring it up bring it up myself of of collectible games essentially yeah um, like tabletop games war games that sort of thing yeah what collectible war warhammer's a, warhammer 40k is is like you know I would call it essentially a collectible miniature game because yeah. you build up your army, but you're—I mean, unless you're very self-controlled, you're never gonna—you're never gonna build up your army and just have it done. You know, you're always gonna be um, adding new units. You know, yeah. Um, collectible card games. You know, um, most of the time you don't just build one deck and that's it. And even if you do, um, and if you're playing at you know even just local tournaments in your game store or something the meta of the game moves on in such a way that you have to buy new cards and add them you know and and change your deck up in such a way and essentially each each booster pack you buy each you know new set that comes out is an expansion that you're constantly uh, adding to the game stuff like smash up as well i don't know if you've played it but yeah but I each was, i was going to talk about some like trashy party games like um super fight and drink stones do yeah. that sort of yeah. thing or like you know cards against humanity we like to, yeah. Yeah, no, where where the each pack you buy, each expansion you buy, that's that's the you know the expansion I, I kind of titled as, as more of the same. All you're buying is 
more of exactly the same stuff. With Smash Up, you know, you're just buying new factions. They, you play the game exactly the same, but it's just with new abilities. That's you know, the, uh, kaiju um, fighting one, right? No, that's uh, that's King of Tokyo, actually. Ah. But King, that's another good example, right? There's many expansions to King of Tokyo that just add in a new monster, right? It, nothing has changed in the gameplay. You've just now got a new monster, and 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 that's what you're paying for um yeah. and for me those are dangerous because of the collection collector yeah. you know deep yeah, inside so me i hate those the most because, <laughs> like, it's just because like i want it but i also mm-hmm. know that i'm not getting much for my money mm-hmm. yeah i like um there's a game at the moment that i'm really enjoying called uh, unmatched and it's a it's a miniature dueling game is is what i would call it Right, if, if if you're playing a two-player, me and you would each choose one of the fighters. You know, we have our deck of cards, and then we just fight each other. That that's all you do. But there's many expansions with new characters. You know, through legends and, and history and stuff. Like one of the new expansions coming out has Wukong in it, which I'm interested in getting. Um, but that's all you're getting. You're getting new characters and new maps essentially when you buy a new set. And the collector in me goes, I have this game, I want everything for this game. Yeah. Um, I tell you, do you know how hard it is? Like, I'm, I'm insane, because like, I have to stop myself from buying two copies of a Dungeons & Dragons book. So like, I have one <laughs> in, to use, and then I've got one in cellophane. Like, that's mm-hmm. madness. That's yeah. actually, <laughs> actually madness, but like, I've got that compulsion there. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh, well, same, same thing. Yeah. Sometimes on Facebook, a board game will come up, like, like a board game I really like, like Paladins of the West Kingdom or something. Mm-hmm. You know, will come up. They'll be like new and shrink, and they'll be selling it for fifty dollars, brand new, right? Mm. And I'm like, wow, that's a good price. And I'm tempted to buy it just because it's a good price for a brand new game that I really like. And I'm like, mm. I would have no use of it. It would. I'm not going to play two copies of the game. But like, it's you know. preservation, right? Like, I, I yeah. Think that that thing, like, like at least what it is for me in my head is like, like I don't know. There's an idea of something cool about like having a collection and preserving it. But also having like something you can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I was collecting um, like video game consoles, right, I would the holy grail would be have one in a display cabinet which you can like touch off and use. One which mm-hmm. and, and, and so the, these aren't don't get to actually meant if you want them as much as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. One that you can set up to actually play games, and then one still in its original packaging, or two. Like mm-hmm. the, I mean, that's just like that's just like dragon brain. Like yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I need it. I need to mm-hmm. have it. Um, but I, I, I think there's just. Um, I, I do think most collection does come from like a, a, a an idea of preservation. Like I want mm-hmm. to make sure that like there's a complete set of this somewhere in the world. Yeah. 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 You. Um, it's also it goes back to you know, the age old fear of missing out. Yeah. You know. But I mean, how like, cool like would it be to walk into a shop and still be able to see like a sealed copy of like the first A D and D or you know, yeah. first edition like stuff mm-hmm. now? Mint. Like completely like like uh, like um, isolated from time. Like that I, I love stuff like that. I like museums a lot. Have you you spend a lot of time in museums? Museums are great. Not recently, um since we've moved up, you know, since we moved here to Caddy Caddy, yeah, um, there's not really a good museum nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so no, I haven't in a long time. But I, I do love museums. I, I, I do love like museums. I used to, like you know, yeah, I used to love going to museums. And, and then we just went, these are ours, and we're going to keep them in the store, and then we go up and 
I've got to say that that really scratches the dragon brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And an example of this is one time when I went to Dunedin, when I was quite a bit younger, we mm-hmm. went to. I'm gonna Google it here to try and Steam figure it out. But no, no, it's called like the Lego House or something. Um, and what it is ah. is it's a guy. It's a guy who collects Lego, right? Mm. And he's got it's just his garage that he's converted into a walk-in, essentially a Lego museum. But yeah. he's got stuff like he's got like the first ever Lego minifigure produced. Mm. You know, n- not not his one specifically was the first one, but you know, it's. It's like one of the, it's, yeah, it's the first, it's from the first print run of those, of those, and stuff like that. And it is, it's cool to see this is history being preserved, um, you know, of something that, yeah. Especially when you uh, talk about things. Um, it, it's hard to sort of divorce collectability from expansions as well. Um, like, I, mm. I feel like a lot of expansions are just there to be gimmicks and money makers that prey on people's like dragon itch. The other thing of like, oh, it's incomplete. I've got to have everything. Because um, and I know very well because I'm not. I'm not saying this doesn't work on me because it does. You know, I. I mm-hmm. But it still annoys me. Like I know I'm. I know I'm walking under a box held up with a stick that has string attached to it. <laughs> um, you know, it, yeah. I, I know I'm doing that, but it still pisses me off when the box falls. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, unless you had anything else, I had just one more thing that that I was gonna bring up about expansions, and that's a, a new. I'm not sure I'd call it a trend, but I have seen a few games doing it these days, and that's the they'll sell the base game, right? And then included in the base game, they'll have what you would call modules. Um, so an example of this is the game Glenmore 2 Chronicles. And it had in the game four modules. And all the modules were small expansions. Oh, never mind. Uh, it had a set of eight expansions to the base game. So it had eight modules inside the base game box. Right? You don't have to buy, buy them separately. You'd just buy Glenmore 2 and you'd have these expansions and it's they're all small expansions they don't add a huge amount to it but you can add in as many as you want and throw out as many as you want and there's quite a few games that do that now and i think that's quite uh a like clever that. yeah that's a clever way of doing it and it's also a ah that's why i wanted to bring it up it does the thing of it does the thing of it doesn't overcomplicate the game right but so the problem of like i was talking about with Catan and cities and knights you know the publisher said no this game's too complicated and so they had to sell the expansion separately um whereas this takes that out right you've got the game and it's like this is a good game it's nice and simple you know we can play it you want to add more into it you've got that opportunity right there with you in the box you know yes (laughs) it does um Um, yeah. Uh, fortunately, or that's another thing is is a lot of these days a lot of boxes future proof. Actually, I shouldn't say a lot. The I've just recently bought games which have future proof boxes on them. Um, I saw this American company doing this cool thing where they would basically sell like really intricate wooden wooden boxes they made for games. So it would be like mm-hmm. so like you could buy like plastic try collection that will hold everything up up until that point. All right. Yeah. 
the problem with doing that stuff is you never you always kind of want to buy it for like quote unquote dead games that you are confident are never going to get any more attention from the developer or publisher. Because mm-hmm. like the worst thing would do is just go buy one of these like two hundred dollar boxes and put all your nonsense in, and then like the next day, you know, they come out with another more nonsense and no longer fit in the box. Although yeah, they are pretty good about going even overboard to sort of future proof that box anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, I mentioned Unmatched earlier, and uh, the company that makes it, Restoration Games. They've they've been talking for a while about making a uh, collector's box, right? But the problem is, they said we have no plans, n- no plans in the near future to stop making new characters. You know, and they're like, what do we do? Do we make a box to hold all the characters currently out? Do we make a box to hold a certain number, and then you just have to buy a second box once we reach more than that many characters you know and, and that's why the, the box keeps getting delayed and delayed because they're mm-hmm. like we really don't know what the best move is here um yeah you know i think ha- if i was ha- in the issues i would like this is just off my of my head i think i would go like okay well, realistically what's the maximum amount of things we're going to release in a year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then just make the box big enough for that year and so like worst case if, if you do that for five years someone just needs to buy five boxes you know massive. yeah it, 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 it's quite cool because they've, they've got a big forum where everyone's giving their suggestions and one of the best ones I've seen so far is um, essentially they make a box of a, a certain size you know I'm not going to give but whatever they make a box of a certain size that comes with a bunch of kind of mini box inserts for the current characters currently already out right, right. and then each time a new character is released it comes with an insert that fits into that box. Right, but you know? sometimes it's just like a big box. Yeah, um, it's just a big box that holds characters. But, yeah, and anyway. saying that, why would they just not include the inserts already in the box? But, the, no, that's what I mean. They, they would include it in the box for all the characters that are currently out, but they can't include oh, inserts gotcha. in the box for future characters. But yeah, they can. You can do a certain amount of, like, you oh sure, they, but I mean, for, yeah. like, like I see what you mean. I, I see that. I imagine I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of an example, but you know, say two. They can't predict a character they're going to bring out maybe two years down the line, right? No. So, so when that character comes out, the that character's box or whatever already, you know, insert fits into the collective mm. box or whatever. Um, yeah, Collect, collector's box is a, is a whole other topic, but because I mean, it, <laughs> if there's a collector's box for a game, I'm 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 in. Yeah, I'm. Um, what was I going to say? You know, when it comes to that sort of thing, I, I think the situation is like a relatively easy fix, which basically just goes, okay, if I'm going to release this one character, I have to release it with a minimum like four right so they have like four mm-hmm, good ideas mm-hmm. i want to get out one mm-hmm. and then you just sort of sell like an additional collector's thing with that right and so it's yeah. like so that it's um that you're always complete up until it's set right or like mm-hmm. a um like like uh what you, like a chapter almost um yeah i mean i mean that is that is more like that's a solution um, i'm not saying it's the right one it's just how i would do it probably but yeah, that, in saying that, well, if you've only got one really good idea, but it's a really good idea, doing it my way means you miss out on it. So. No, what I was going to say is most of their sets, like the first set that came out, most of their sets either have four or two characters. Um, 
but the problem is people want to be able to store all their characters in one box. Yeah, um, I think I think people just need to suck it up and like what the, what the option <laughs> there is. No, no, but what I mean is you make smaller collectors boxes, and once they and, and and what you do is once they wash their hands of it and they go right no more, then mm-hmm. you go ahead and you sell one more big box to put all your smaller boxes in, and that solves the problem. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. no, I, I I would eat that up. Could you imagine if you had like a like a massive yeah, for Warhammer? You had like one of those cupboards that open out, and you've got like little cubby boxes everywhere. It's like sliding in and out depending on your set. That'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll I'll, 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 send, I'll, sh- I'll show you some. I'll show you something I really like for a game I don't own after the podcast. But um, mm. but yeah, I think I, I I think that'll that'll do us for this episode. Yeah, we're Hopefully... probably pushing the uh, episode length for expanded dens like games. <laughs> Hopefully you've enjoyed our ramblings and opinions. And Forty minutes. Know, that's, wow, that's too bad. Um, you know, I'm not deleting the episode just because you didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining me on the show again, Ethan. Oh, it was a pleasure, Dan. And uh, thank you everyone for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye.